tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today i mean listen i don't want to sell us short here we have had some pretty big names behind the velvet rope and i don't know if i'm just like a jaded new yorker that you know (laughs) i don't get excited by speaking to everybody anymore because i've been doing this so long that i'm ready to like drop dead at my computer but (laughs) Which which could happen, but today, literally, we have a living legend amongst us, an icon, a national treasure of the world, and we have two boys with her who we have to also give some credence to. We have Miss Janice fucking Dickinson. How are you? Oh, please. I'm really well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on your famous show. Thank Janice. You're being too nice because you're with your two great friends, Alan Nevins and Joey Santos from the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. So thank you for being here. Seriously, I meant everything I said. We've had the biggest names, but this is like, okay. Well, the biggest names really are Alan and Joey, two guys from Hollywood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's face it, tune into their uh, their podcast because it's off the chain. We are going to talk about their podcast. 20 years, so. Maybe, no, maybe 30, but you're being nice. Well, 20 yeah. in dog, no, no, it's the opposite. We met from <laughs> we, we, 30 we, in dog years, <laughs> or, how does that work? That would make you like 340. Oh, whatever. Iman introduced well, us. That's right, we met through Iman. Iman Bowie. Is that really how you guys met? Yeah, I I was friends with Iman. Janice, of course, has been friends with Iman forever. And then Iman was in town and she was doing a book signing for one of her books. And this is, oh, this is a long time ago. And uh, she invited me to join. So I went to the party, the book signing party uh, with her. And then Janice was there and then she introduced us. And then Janice looked at me and she said, hello. I went, hi, how are you? So we started talking. And then one thing led to another and we just started laughing and carrying on. And then we said, let's get out of here. Because I was so imitating, then we went to the Abbey. I was imitating Iman's voice because, you know, of course, darling, you are not in the book, Janice. <laughs> and I was like, really? Yeah, like, where am I in the book? And she says, you're not in it. You're, you're not in it. Why were you at the book signing, Janice? Just supporting? That's well, nice. I love Iman. And yeah, they're I, good friends. You know, I didn't expect that I was going to meet my true lifelong soulmate in Joey Santos and uh, chef extraordinaire and mm. whatnot. And it was, it was just an amazing, it's been an amazing ride for the past 20 years. 20 something. Yeah. What I love about Joey was I've raised two young children. Now they're uh, 26 and 34. Nathan is a brilliant uh, reality television producer. He's got all these all these shows greenlit plus a movie. 
Savannah's acting. He's married. My daughter has just gotten herself a, a, a juicy movie role. So I'm really proud of Savannah. And um, Joey has raised my children in a non-homophobic world that I could never, ever expected them to come out as just fair, uh, diplomatic, and wonderful as they are. Yeah. I love that. She's an amazing mom, but her kids are I'm not kidding. I love that. Well, no, I mean, I know you guys are really good friends because, you know, listen, we all know how it works in the Hollywood business. Like, I get it. Everyone says everything. So when I was on, and we're going to come back at the end to the Two Guys in Hollywood podcast, but when I was on their show, somehow, I don't know how, I don't know if you guys remember, your name came up, Janice, and Joey was like, you want Janice on your podcast? We'll, we'll, we'll like, make that happen. Now, of course, I was like, thank you, whatever. Do you think I even, I gave this no credence. I'm like, everyone tells me they know this one, they know that one, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. We are so not those people. You got people. me on your show. You totally <laughs> thought we were the, doing, pulling a Hollywood cast. <laughs> well, I just didn't think, you know, and then like literally like two, three days later, I get an email being like, okay, so what day do you want Janice? And I'm like, what? Believe like, me, when Joey Santos says something, he always delivers. And so does Alan, by the way. Yeah, I was the one that promised him. Alan's an, <laughs> Alan's an incredible. I, I, I told an, Joey you got to get you her. You promised. I delivered. He's an incredible <laughs> friend. I've been to his house in Italy, which is off the chain. I mean, my God, you can't believe this house atop, sitting on top of a hill. It's got 360 degree views, and it's ma- amazing. We ate Joey's food, of course, which is which is out of this world. And I cook pasta every night. Well, you guys delivered. So I, you guys know everybody, I eat my words. It's, I'm a loser forever doubting you can make this happen. So. <laughs> what, you doubted us? Oh Never again. And we're yeah. Hollywood? <laughs> and we're Hollywood? I mean, like, listen, you've had a great lineup of guests on your own podcast. I was on it. I just didn't think, you know, you would pay it forward and make it all happen. Like, it's, yeah, it's no, hard. That's, it's hard. That's we live. Yeah, we we are that way. We are, we are like those that. people. Well, Okay, we are going to get to the Two Guys in Hollywood podcast, but first, we have some questions for Janice. Yes, we'll help her. Hit me! She won't remember. Hit her! You can, well, I mean, okay, so when, the first times, Janice, when you come back your second, third, and fourth time, we don't need to go back over old things again. But I like to always start at the beginning. <laughs> I'll, I'll, like, make it quick. So, of course, being a New York girl, I love that you're from Brooklyn, Right. Right. And you love, did you love growing up in Brooklyn? I mean, I know you've been open about your childhood. I was born in Brooklyn at St. Charles Hospital uh, in Brooklyn Heights. I left Brooklyn when I was 18 months old and uh, my, my parents ended up in Hollywood, Florida, of all places. I have two sisters and growing up in Hollywood was uh, like unbelievable because it was 60s, 70s. 70s, I, I was in New York supermodeling, but 60s were, it was crazy. I mean, I had a hippie sister and I went to all <laughs> the concerts, all, you know, Allman Brothers, Jimi Hendrix, you know, Deep, Deep Purple, all the concerts in Florida. And I was a surfer girl. So you were like a total hippie surfer type. No, no I, I was not a hippie. Was I was a, a rocker. Yeah, you were the rocker. I, I can see that. Had a so, few in my life. Like who? Mick Jagger. Really? Yes. Is that a known fact? I don't know. I'm in his new book. I'm in his new book. He said he bedded me. How is Mick Jagger? (laughs) How's Mick Jagger in bed? Uh, Let's just say it's like every time I looked at his face, it was like, it just reminded me of like, you know, Marianne Marianne Faithful and and Bianca Jagger coming into studio on a white horse. Well, didn't you once say it was all potatoes and no meat? (laughs) No, because, <laughs> no, we had that conversation once because he used to push everything to the side. No, we put it up, pulled it from up front oh, and however. padded it. And like when that tour he did as a, as a football player, that was all padded. Well, all potatoes and no meat could be interpreted in many ways. Well, they had dinner. <laughs> <laughs> She's a, a vegetarian. Size. You are. Okay, so you're a vegetarian. <laughs> How did you get into modeling originally? Like what... How did that happen? I wanted to be a model ever since I was nine years old, sitting on the floor of Publix uh, supermarket in Hollywood, Florida, because it was air conditioned. And I used to watch Lauren Hutton sailing across the pages of American Vogue. And I wanted to be inside the photograph. I just wanted to escape my mundane world living in Hollywood. And I wanted to be inside a Richard Avedon or an Irving Penn's 
photograph and eventually I get to I got to work with the masters that I idolized ever since I was nine it's crazy so you just it, it was always a model for you yeah but I went to New York and I was not well received from the modeling agents Eileen Ford was a real pig she told me I had uh, uh, ethnic looks beginning with the n-word lips and I was like are you kidding me are you kidding me I'm going to prove you wrong lady so I went over to Wilhelmina and Wilhelmina said it's not going to be easy for you with uh, your your exotic looks. So I then had to go to, I, I grabbed a ticket to go to Paris and I did every single editorial there was, became the darling of Elle magazine and uh, Helmut Newton's wife. I did like six covers of, of French Elle back to back. Then I started doing French Vogue and then Italian Vogue, and then Italian Cosmo, and Italian Bazaar, French Bazaar, German Vogue, Mexican Vogue, Japanese Vogue. I did all the Vogues from all over the world. Then I came back to New York with a big, thick portfolio that looked like a telephone book filled with pictures <laughs> from everyone, from Versace, from Valentino, from Yves Saint Laurent, Azadine Alaya, you know, all the great, 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 great designers of the world. I became the darling of the runways. And so I had a blast the whole time because I laughed and I, I grew up poor and now I was living in this lavish pop culture world that I would see people like, you know, Duran Duran in the front row of an Azadine Elias show. And, you know, it was, it was a rock and it was a rock and try to, it was a rock and time back in the early seventies when you'd see Bowie in the, in the audience, you'd see like, you know, Rolling Stones sitting out in the audience and they were there to see the girls you know, dressed up in fancy clothes. Yeah. Did, did you ever bed Simon LeBon or John Taylor? No, I did not. <laughs> but Don't... I set Simon LeBon up with his, pre, with his present wife, Yasmin LeBon. She, she was this like really beautiful Persian girl with honey skin and everything about her was perfect. And I said, you need to dress up. So I lent her all of my fabulous Azadine Alaya leather clothes at the time. And you want to hook a rock star? You dress in tight, tight leather outfits. That's how you bag a rock star. <laughs> that is how you bag a rock star. What about, you have met everyone. Tell me about Sylvester Stallone. I mean, I know he was one of your boys. Paramours. One of my paramours. You know, along with living in New York and working with the most fantastic photographers from all over the world, Irving Penn, and, and, and Richard Avedon and Barry McKinley and Francesco Scavullo and the list goes on and on. I worked with everyone. I was always in print. So the movie stars and the rock stars used to see me, you know, and would try to get my phone number from a wild hairdresser who threw far out parties named Ara Gallant. And Ara had this apartment over on the west side that was painted black and neon colors. And you see everyone and anyone there from Margaret Trudeau to, uh, Bianca Jagger, you'd see Mick running around these rooms, Jack Nicholson, Warren Beatty. So, uh, you know, these, these Warren and Jack and Mick, yeah, they were on my speed dial. Is there anyone, because you've met them all, I mean, you, you boys have met a lot of people too, like who shocked you as just nice, you know what I mean? Or someone that just gave you great advice and you just, you know, like you were like, I did not expect anything from that person. I'd have to say John Bellucci. John Bellucci was a fantastic friend. We never had sex, but you know, you can't hold him, hold him for that. <laughs> you know, we, uh, I, he took me to the uh, shows um, during the week up at Saturday Night Live in the beginning days with <clears throat> Bill Murray and, and Gilda Radner and all these great, great, great stars there from Steve Martin and watching everyone from Saturday Night get completely loaded. And, and I partook in the festivities. And then on the uh, and Saturday night, they were ready for their skits and, and their sketches. So it was just, it, it, he was wonderful. We took road trips together. We drove all the way from, to Atlantic City in a rent -a wreck and <laughs> snorted tons of cocaine. And just like, he told me to stay away from television because it was poison, in which I didn't listen to his advice because I eventually had my own TV show and worked on America's Next Top Model. And it was the kind of thing where it was just like really interesting, you know, back in those days. Were you there, Alan, in New York? No, I'm way too young. Oh, I guess. <laughs> I did. I went to Studio no, 54. He's much older than Studio I. 54 oh. was fantastic. 
I mean, that's what I'm picturing. Like, was it as great as I'm picturing? Like, just Studio 54, like... Yeah, because there was, a, there was just a freedom there, and it was a safe place. I mean, as strange as that sound sounds, it was a safe place. There was, everybody was just Straights there to and have gays, fun. Yeah. you know, just everybody being accepted as one. There was, there was nothing no going on. No judgments, nothing. And people were having sex down in the dungeons. You know, I used <laughs> to go bar. down there all the time to watch. It was great. <laughs> That's right. We were more of a heuristic. I took Special K one time and I was down there like looking at everybody on Special K going, oh, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. (laughs) And do you know that Rick James' uh, song Super Freak was about Janice? Okay, no, I did not. He's a very very sexy girl. girl. The the kind you won't bring home to my back. Yep. Yeah. How did, well, how? How did that come about? I called Rick James Prince one night. It was very <laughs> he was pissed. And he got very angry. He started shaking his dreadlocks and there was glitter everywhere, <laughs> you know, getting all over my clothes. And I would say, stop that, Prince. And he just really got mad when I said that. <laughs> and then what? How does that get to a song? Because that's a great song. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I'm going to be honest. Listen, I've heard so much about meditation, but I really didn't think it was something that would ever work for me. That is until I found the Calm app. Calm helps you feel more at ease from the moment you start. So find somewhere that's comfortable and familiar to you, like your couch or your bed, and tune into Calm. Calm is the number one mental wellness app, and it gives you the tools that improve the way you feel. You could use Calm for so many different things. You can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations. You can improve your focus with curated music tracks. And you can rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. I turn to Calm because, hey, I'm a New Yorker and I have trouble sleeping. What I love about Calm is there's so many different things that they offered for sleep. Stories, sleep soundscapes like rivers and brooks. I also love the music, but Calm can also help you focus, self-improvement, reduce stress. It really is a great app to improve the quality of your life. For listeners of Behind the Velvet Robe, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm Premium subscription at com.com slash velvet rope. Go to com.com slash velvet rope for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's com.com slash velvet rope. Because he tried to, yeah, hanging out. He tried to, he said, you know, tried to better. You could become a Mary Jane girl. And I was like, no, thanks. I'm a supermodel. I will remain a supermodel. (laughs) I, you know, I was offered big movies from Steven Spielberg. You know, uh, he was, I guess he was looking for a wife because uh, his, what was his wife's name? Which one? The the last one. Kate Capshaw. Oh, Kate, oh, Kate Capshaw. Um, this was right. Stevens, I thought you were yeah, talking about Rick. Yeah, this was right before Kate Capshaw did uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones movies, and I was up for those parts, but I just, I didn't want to drive out to uh, East Hampton because uh, I said, if you want to meet me, you can come into the city. Listen to my my egotism. <laughs> my ego was off the chain. I was such a narcissist. <laughs> Do you have any regrets about that, about not being in those movies? Of course I do. I was up for Pretty Woman, and I, I, I kind of blew that part because I was too nervous to go in and read for the producers. I thought that I sh- they should just award me the part. Yeah, but you were never happy with long, that uh, memorizing lines, remember? I can't that kind memorize of lines. You. Yeah. It's like if I can do it now. Yeah, but, but then no. then I, my my mind was so ADD, ADD, HD, ADHD, ADD. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember the lines. You could have had the Julia Roberts career. Well, mm. Alan, what do you think about that? That would have been good. We would have been friends with the Julia Roberts girl. Well, <laughs> the pretty know, woman you, girl. You would pretty say woman that. Girl. <laughs> how, well, how do you feel Julia Roberts did then? Do, what, did you not want to watch the movie once it came out and became a huge oh, success? Yeah, I kind of watched it like that. 
you know, I kind of stared at it like that. It could have been and me. Over, it could have been me. <laughs> I could have been making out with Richard Gere and enjoying myself the whole time. <laughs> could have been a contender. But then, but then you got over it. What about, so the opposite of like great advice, like Jim Belushi or cool, who did you meet someone that you were just like, you're a total asshole and I'm let down? Oh yeah, Julie, Julie Andrews. I once met Julie <laughs> Andrews at UCLA and she was in the, this back room and I was politely waiting my turn in line to get a selfie and at least, you know, get an autograph. And she, she stopped in front of me and she says, I've had enough. Thank you. And I was like, enough of what? I, I stood in this line to get your autograph politely. She goes, well, I'm done. I'm tired. I was like, fuck you, man. How dare you? You can go sound and music saint elsewhere. So Julie Andrews is a bitch. She's a bitch. She hurt my feelings. Uh, I could kind of see that. She got snubbed by Mary Poppins. Right, like the, the last person. Getting snubbed by Lisa Renna. I like Lisa Rinna. You do? Yeah, I do. She's, she said, she did one quote that I didn't, uh, didn't quite accept. She says, I was the first one with the lips. Fetch, chance, I was the first one with the lips. And mine are real. Mine are not like rubber and all kind of like carved out and <laughs> reinserted with like, you know, a boob. I don't see the difference in her. Like she's had that surgery to reduce them. I, I don't get it. I don't see it. I think your daughter is dating Pete Davidson now. Scott Disick. Well, Scott Disick. Somebody, Scott Disick. From oh, Scott Disick. Ew. Oh. Ew. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you want... Yeah, she's dating... She's 19. Scott's what? Like I like if Courtney's dating Travis Barker. That's hot. You approve of Travis. I love rockers. Who's the rocker we took to London with us? Oh, the hand. The hand. He used to just, he, he, he held drinks so much that he had a, his, his hand, hand was like his, that. His hand never released the dr holding a drink. Yeah, like, so every, after he'd have the drink and you take the drink out, the, the, the hand, hand would, would stay like be, that. It was so like it's wrapped say, around a glass. I'd yeah. Say, Here, meet this person, and the hand would come out. It was like the claw. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, The Claw. <laughs> By the way, the opinions of the others on this show are not necessarily shared. Well, it's true. I mean, he was that guy. I'm not, I didn't mention his name, but I've had my fair share of rockers. Well, I mean, you had Mick Jagger. That's about... We'd ex when we would have a date, if it were me or her, and then we would always... I would bring Janice on the first date with, with me, and then to get her opinion, that she'd kick me under the table if it was no good. And then if it was good, you know, she'd pinch my arm or whatever. And oh, so I'd, I'd be the, like this, trying to get in front of him, getting <laughs> I'd a do kiss. the same thing with her. <laughs> Did you oh, ever go on a date with someone Janice, like, was like, this is the best match, and then with someone we know today? Well, he, Joey's got a husband who's a total keeper, Andrew. He's a marvelous painter and an, uh, you know. Yeah, he's amazing artist. He does sculpture, and he does everything. He's, he's amazing. Alan's, per, Alan's commissioned a piece that you still haven't picked up from him. It's not quite done. It's been years in the, years in the fantastic. making. Fantastic. He's very intricate. Andrew, what's his last name? Han. Andrew Han is a great artist. Han made. Han made. I need to check his stuff out yeah, on your Instagram. Plus, he's really good looking and sweet and kind. Big and... dick. Oh. These are important things. <laughs> I said it. All meat and no potatoes. Well, so you approve of Travis Barker for Courtney. I do. I think he is a big dick. He <laughs> pounds that snare drum with it. What about Kim and Kanye? Do we approve of Kanye? No, I think that's all for show show. Isn't that almost over? She's she's going out with Van that that the that CNN correspondent Van what's his name? Yeah. Oh. That's what they say. Yeah. What about like, you know, because modeling uh, to me, I mean, you could correct me, takes on, you know, like we have the different eras. So talk to me about like the 80s era of like the supermodel. You were the first. As far as modeling is going these days is I've, I've heard two very, very, very um, sad topics that really made me, made me feel sad was that Stella Tennant recently died. Stella Tennant. She was a fantastic Vogue model who Carl wow. Lagerfeld loved. And I just recently heard that Stephanie Seymour's son, son. who's 24 years old, o overdosed. And my uh, Stephanie, if you're listening, my heart goes out to you that I just, you're a dear friend of mine. And I just can't imagine 
the problems you, you have to face now for the world. So hang in there, girl. Hang in there. I'm praying for you. Yeah, that's got to be tough. Because I'm a parent, and it just your heart goes out to uh, any of these uh, mothers that were that had lived through what we lived through with all the rejection and 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 you know the, the criticizing and the rejection with what one does when a model is standing in front of the camera. Yeah, it's not an easy business. It's not. Plus, it's not a natural. It's not not a natural thing for a, a parent to lose a child. Like I, I mean, condition maybe one day that our parents would die before. But I mean, I've lost a brother and a sister, so I know Larry what my King. parents Larry went King through. Larry King lost a lot of people. They're not they're not prepared for that. You never you never quite get over that. It doesn't you don't wrap your head around what that is. So it, it's it's a tough. I would agree with that. To answer your question, the models of the seventy eighties do not compare to the models of today. The Instagram models that get famous and they put into vogue, the Kylie Jenners and the Gigi Hadids and the Bella Hadids. I mean, they are very pretty women, but they're not supermodels. I'm sorry. I don't agree with, you know, you see them in advertising and Vogue uses them because they have millions and millions and millions of followers. And, you know, what Vogue has a subscription of, what, 800,000 and Kylie Jenner has got like, what, 25 million people following her, something like that. Do you think it's like nepotism, like Kendall Jenner, Gigi Hadid? Well, even Lisa's daughters are models too, aren't they? Yes, they are. Delilah yeah. Bell. They're on the level of Gigi and They're Bella. never on the level of the girls from the 70s and oh, the 80s and that. the 90s. We were fabulous. You were. Supermodels came from. There's no, there's no such thing as supermodels anymore. What we did, when we would go, we would painstakingly, painstakingly get pinned by Yves Saint Laurent and Karl Lagerfeld, who would fit the clothes on us that we wore in the shows. One time I was pinned so tightly for a Valentino show that prior to the show, I started drinking a bunch of champagne and it was at the bottom of the stairs in Rome for anyone out there that knows geography. And I walked to the end of the runway and it was completely dark after, after knocking back a couple of uh, beautiful champagne goblets on silver trays. And I walked right off the end of the runway into the lap of Sophia Loren and Marcella Mastriani. <laughs> and I, I, I did it. I, just kept walking off the runway and I did a somersault into their laps and I was in Sophia Loren's breasts and going, oh, Miss Loren, I'm such a fan when I came to. <laughs> and I, Marcello Mastriani picked me up and put me back on the runway, smacked me on my, my ass and you just said, you went. bellissima, and it looked staged. But Valentino was so pissed. He was grabbing his hair like this backstage. You have ruined my show. You have ruined my show forever. Well, I lost millions of dollars worth of free advertising. I mean, paid advertising from walking off from his, that. his runway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the modeling industry. I mean, do you think, like, because, you know, there's a lot of talk, like, the Gigi Hadid, the Kendall Jenner, like, did they buy their way in? Well, I think that the Vogue bought their way in for, for pay, trying to get, get, get their viewership. Yeah, they just did their thing and then yeah. Vogue came to them because they're so popular. Right. And yeah, and it's, it's like you said, it's about the, the, the numbers, it's the followers. And that, now it, it, it's fact, not the preparation for the, for the opportunities. Right. It's, Vogue you know. magazine in itself, Anna Winters, now com- completely, which is, in my opinion, a great thing because I used to fight for diversity amongst models. I think that, you know, now it's completely African-American and they're barely any any white girls in there anymore and more women of today which is also a great thing but to me when I would pick up a Vogue magazine when I did at age nine all the way from that and I still collect them every month every magazine from all over the world they should pay me for reading all these magazines for all these years and collecting them and paying for them I didn't even get them for free that uh that you see different types of people and you know you don't see really models wearing couture clothes and and modeling them you see gucci's changed their uh their advertising into like real people that are not that attractive in my opinion right like it's more of the mm-hmm. everyday person Jane, Jane, every people. yeah well the fantasy is gone or, or and also the, the aspiration is gone what you used to dream about i want to look like that i want to be like that one day and no matter the ethnicity doesn't matter to play no. a role it's the image that was created then. It was meticulously created. And that, that's gone. Now anybody could be, you know, you could be a weigh 418 pounds and be a model. Yeah, but, but I think trans, trans, transsexuals, trannies 
I think they're the only ones that are, that are doing it right by like still keeping up with the couture and the face. You know, that's why I love RuPaul so much because there's glamour on that show. And it's, that's what's missing, I think, is the glamour. The part. glamour. Yeah, I would say that that's changed. And, also, and there was a style to it. I mean, and you, you knew how to walk, you knew how to, your posture, your, your demeanor, everything about it was everything different. Was now it's like, like your pigeon toes. You know, you could, you, you know, could they model don't even pose. It would be fabulous and it would just be, ah. Oh. Well, it was like old Hollywood. They were trained. Trained. Now, yes, and the lighting has changed because back in my day, they, um, uh, it, it wasn't uh, technology on the camera. It was back well, when, when they used to go into the dark room and develop pictures out of uh, nickel vatting. Nickel was too expensive to use. That's why the technology came to pass in, in the uh, mid-90s where everyone could send pictures overnight and, you know, or... or hour by hour, hourly yeah. hour, retouch everything on the camera instead of retouching everything in the lab, which is a world of difference if you want to go look at Irving Penn and Richard Avedon and, and even Ch uh, Guy Bourdain uh, and, and famous photographers like Sir Norman Parkinson out of, out of London and Albert Watts and Sir Albert Watts. Scavulo. Scavulo. Arthur Elgort, Patrick DeMarchelier, all these pictures that look much different. Although these guys, some of these guys are still alive and kicking, like Patrick and Arthur. The other guys have it's changed uh, to the next level. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. What about, I mean, do you, who do you, is there anyone that's a current new model? Like, do you think Gigi or Kendall are good? No. I'm just thinking they're, they're not. They're just, they have one look. They don't really diversify their, their, their movements. They just stand there and get paid millions of dollars. Well, they're not really models. They're just sitting there for a photo. It's different than being right. a model and walking a runway and, you know. But they walk like Kendall walks and Gigi walks. No, they're not fierce walkers. Are you kidding me? Back in my day, there was Pat Cleveland and Iman who you never wanted to follow on the runway because, you know, I was oh, a, yeah, that was a, I was a clomper. You know, I could clomp and do a couple of pirouettes, but not like not like Pat Cleveland, who was just a feat of. She was like a surfer, surfing down the runway. She was fantastic, and the clothes would move, and she knew how to work. Take take a dress or a gown and make it work. You work the fabric, you work the clothes. These models today don't know how to do that. No. Gigi and Kendall need to call you for some help. Uh, at least send me a thank you card for all the money that they're making. I know where they're <laughs> going to call her now. <laughs> you know what, girls? There's always criticism in this industry, and you better work. I agree with that. So you, you came up, you were great because you were criticized and you had to work, you had to prove it. I see. Nobody gets a free pass, I'm sorry. You know, there were greats before me like Susie Parker and Lauren Hutton mm -hmm. and Dovima and, and, and wonderful women from the, if you look through it down through history, 40s, 50s and 60s models, study them. They had the ultimate of ultimate glamour. Look at Carmen, what, she's almost 90? Carmen D'Alessio, she's, oh still, she's still Amazing. modeling. She's still modeling. It's changed. Well, let's talk. I call this the self-indulgent part of our chat. Let's talk about, and I'm not just kissing your ass, Janice, because you're sitting in front of me, but being a reality TV connoisseur, I will say this, one of the best, the best reality TV shows to ever exist, 2006 to 2008, the Janice Dickinson Modeling Agency. Bravo. Thank you. I loved that show. Loved. I know you, and I watched that show. The premise of the show was my, my quest for finding the next Kate Moss, who is also a legend. And I, you know, I searched high and low. Now, Joey, remember the lines were around the block for casting Oh my God, sessions? we would do these open calls and literally the lines were around the block. I mean, we did it on Hollywood and Highland, wasn't Hollywood it? Hollywood and Highland, the, the yeah, agency, agency was. We, we, we did a you wash doggy and we turned it into a, <laughs> a, 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 a modeling agency. Yeah. 
That was on JDMA. Hot, that was in WeHo, and all the gays. There was lots of foot traffic all the time. And in fact, I found a couple hot gay men that were superb underwear model for To Exist and um, Aussie Mom. Yeah. Um, JP Calder on. JP, oh, yeah. Yeah, good for He you. came out on the show. He came out. To your urging. I mean, you, he was miserable and he was hiding it and hiding it. I knew there was something Janice up with walked him. And him through I just said, it and he we came have out? a chat? What's going on with you and your sexuality? And he was very honest and real and, and forthcoming and, and, and forthright and historic making, you know, on my show which helped millions of other young men and women come out. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, it was great. That was a great episode too. And great for his life too. He's never been happier. Yeah. I mean, a long he's time. a hot Jewels soccer coach. And, you know, now, right. Like everyone comes out now. They, they come in c- coming out, but right. Like he was the hot straight. <laughs> no, but it's true. He was the hot straight guy from Survivor. And the next thing you know, He's on the Janice Dickinson modeling agency. He's coming out. It was a big deal at the time. No, it was, yeah. My models were polite and they were sincere. I didn't have any assholes on that show. Except you wouldn't for, tolerate it. Except for... Uh, you got rid of somebody. I never remember the names when I worked with them. I don't remember the names now. It's you got all over somebody for being late on that show and oh, not being professional. Punctuality and Yeah, that's key. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was drama. You fired some people. You had problems with your business partner, Peter Ham. You he got hands all over the models, and I wouldn't abide by that. I, I really got him by the throat off camera, and yep. I said, "Listen, you pervert! If you ever put your hands on my models, I will take your throat larynx out." I remember that day. <sighs> yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. What about on that note? What about like now? Like you know, there's this whole. I forgot the guy's name. You know, there's this claim against like Alexander Wang now that. Ooh, that's tough. Well, I, I mean, if you're standing in a club and you're a gay man, and all of a sudden Alexander Wang Dang Doodle is standing next to you, and you know he starts groping you, unwarranted groping. It's okay to get touched if you say, "Okay, touch it." You know, feel me, feel me, feel me, <laughs> touch me. No, the, you know, you know, who doesn't like a nice aunt, fanny padding if it's coming from the right person standing in a club? But this guy's down there and he's like, <laughs> you know, working, working these poor models. And I think it's about time, like, that these people who rape you and then never admit it like bill cosby raped me and never admitted it you know it's like i think it's 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 it it touches a very funny subject with me when i hear models getting groped and abused thank god for the me too movement but you know it's 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 it can really alter and change the trajectory of a a young innocent boy or 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 girl girl. when when they're taken advantage of without consent it just it, it it uh, it drove me into a world of self-deprecating, um, uh, self, self-abuse that, you know, I became a drug addict and an alcoholic to almost... To quiet that. You know, through three different rehabs didn't help me. So I had to work a lot on my uh, sobriety to get to, the, to get to where I am. I mean, I'm completely sober and I'm happy with friends like Joey and Ellen, who's, you know... They're, they're teetotalers, but they never really drink around me. And I, I appreciate them both for it tremendously. That's nice of them, because we know the boys like to have a cocktail or two. I don't know who he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just think, right, like with the whole like Me Too movement and Harvey, like Weinstein, like you would think like this thing with Alexander Wang, like it's almost like I would think there'd be so much of that in the modeling industry just, you know, I mean, maybe it's a stereotype. Oh, hang on, Alan is a world-renowned book publisher. Does it happen in your world? Agent, an agent. I mean, agents, do they have casting couches? Like, Well, not in the literary world because they're authors, but I think it still goes on in the you know talent world. Really? Yeah, but, but heard, look, at, look at the whole Weinstein. That's all about Yeah, have you heard stories producers. other than Weinstein, though, of anybody we don't know, know about? all sorts of stories. Come on, name names. <laughs> but I mean, but, there, but there's two sides. You know, we also live in a world where the, those predators have always existed. They continue to exist. The great thing is we can lift the veil and see them for who they are. And I think it's important to out them, but it's also important to to have a movement of not I, you know, not me, and not let you. those people know who aren't those people that do that sort of thing, and they should be able to stand up and be proud of the fact that they that they champion not being the creep. And I believe, you know? the- and then, and it's also the people that are yelling the loudest. If if somebody says to you, 
meet me in my hotel room at midnight to read for a part. I mean, you're off what bus again? No, exactly. I mean, come on. But I mean, they do. But the, they but, do it. But, but, then, but then they also, complain. They say, I didn't and, know. And, and there was an old line in Hollywood, honey. I'm sorry, but did you take the part? Did you take the part? So there's, there's two sides that we have to be honest about. There are those people that, that are also looking to screw somebody over. So there's predators on both ends, the ones that are victims. Even women, women to, women yeah, to young men. As yeah. well, you know, but, it, you know, under the guise of victims, but they went ahead and they set themselves up for this thing and they took advantage. It happens all the time. So where we're prosecuting one person, the other person has got to take some responsibility for for, for the action too. It's just well, it's that, it's it's a that, weird. I would agree with that. You already know what you are. Now we're talking about the price. In this case, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a funny thing where, where when I started out modeling, I had such a verbose, in your face, kind of aggressive way about myself. Gee, had you hardly noticed? <laughs> <laughs> She's changed. Yeah. You know, that I didn't really get. Uh, Hit like that. I, well, you were intimidated. Like that. I was. You were so, intimidated so to those guys. So, and you thought and I had you such didn't... a big mouth that I would go and report it to my agents immediately. Yeah. Or, you know, I always say to said to the models on my show, if you're going out on a go see, take an adult with you. Make sure that adult doesn't leave you when you go on this go see, and tell someone where you're going. Always have someone know where you're going with an address and a telephone number yeah. of and when you get the there. Beverly Hills Hotel at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But that's part of it. You, yeah. you out there, they knew they couldn't screw with you right. because of your attitude. And that's part of it. Was you go to these things, you have to make it very clear that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. The reason it happens is they do not make it clear and they're afraid of getting not getting the movie. Or maybe I was too verbose. You know, it's like I, I had these sayings on the Janice Dickinson Modeling Agency show, drop trowel. <laughs> you know, and they did. That's pretty invasive. But, you know, I was, there's no way I ever looked at them no. when they were changing. You didn't. Rope it. I, I didn't like, you know, just sit there. <laughs> right. It was just a saying. It was a saying. It was funny. Right. But you know, but I mean, but you did the same thing when you were modeling. I remember the couple of the spread you did over the alligator, over the crocodile, completely naked. Well, not completely naked. I well, had a G string on. G string. With Peter Beard, those were iconic photographs I did for totally. American Playboy back in 1982. That I was on the back of crocodiles. They anesthetized the crocs the largest crocodiles on earth in Kenya, Africa. Oh, uh, it was a crocodile village where they emptied the water out of the, uh, the pond and they, they anesthetized the crocodiles and then they wrapped their snouts with, with uh, fishing wire, you know, and, and then, then once they were as, uh, asleep, they made these low growls and they said, okay, the, the, walk on the, them. the Maasai was telling me, okay, time to walk on the crocodile. And I was like, okay. So I got out there after six tall Africani beers and um, <laughs> made my way prancing across. You know, I was fearless. And you have yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but you have to be. And don't you remember, I remember a couple of instances with the show, uh, with the Janice Dickinson Modeling Agency, where girls would refuse to take off their top or wear a bikini and this and that. She said, well, because I'm religious. And Janice said, well, then you don't need to be a model. Go be a no. nun or go you know, be an altar boy or whatever that's required. But this is what's required. In my day, you have to you know, be a nudist. You can't just change the, the industry because of your comfort level. Then don't do that. It doesn't change for your convictions. I remember one time, Jerry, may rest in peace. He put his hands on my, on my waistline. I was standing there naked. He put his hands on my waistline and all the way around my back. And he started grabbing like what little if not anything like flab on, on the back of my on top of my buttocks and i said if you don't take your fat fingers <laughs> off my body immediately i'm going to break the wrists and have them set in like pepper pepper pink plaster and tell every single person in the industry that you're a big pervert so take your hands off me and i don't care if you don't book me anymore he still booked me but he he knew i was not the one to be groped well, see, and then you set that, you set right. that, right. about. you, you made the them limit. realize that you can't mess with me like that. And that's what, you know, predators and bullies do. Like once they know you're not the one, they'll just, all right, so not Janice. They want a, vic they want a vulnerable victim. Right. They can manipulate you. Well, it's like anybody looking totally. for a victim. Totally. with a weak one. Yeah, of course. Mm.
I would agree with that. But yes, Janice Dickinson Modeling Agency, one of the best reality shows of all time. Um, we had fun times. I did them all. You've, well, you have done them all. Were any of them, did any of them stand out like Celebrity Big Brother, Celebrity Rehab, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here? Did any of them stand out as like miserable? Had Eddie stand out? Probably the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here when I, when I was in the jungle for weeks and weeks and weeks and probably practically won the thing. And Joe uh-huh. standing on the tarmac inside, it, I was being whisked back to Los Angeles because I had to start the JDMA show, uh, my show. And Joe hands me this box of these huge diamond studs, which were not real, but I thought at the time, oh my God, they're so real. Look at those. He says, these belong to my mother here. I want you to have them. You did a good job in the jungle. And I was like... <laughs> Why weren't they real? <laughs> well, she had been dirty and eating ants and crickets and whatever for a month, practically. <laughs> and we had to clean her up because we were getting on the plane in Brisbane. And I said, you're not getting on the plane like that. She says, I don't have anything to wear. I look horrible. I said, nope. We went into the first class lounge. She took a shower. She got all dolled up. I, put I bought that, the I earrings. I brought her the earrings. And, and, and we got on the plane. You got oh, far. I was sitting across the aisle from us. And oh, I flirted my way through, back, to, <laughs> uh, back to Australia all the way back. Well, you like made oh, it really far. One part was funny though, because at the time you weren't sober yet. Oh my God. And they were feeding so us champagne on, on the plane. And the flight attendant, um, he went coming around with the champagne. And, I hope and my now the, isn't the, listening. Well, we, we kind of deny the past. The flight was 14 hours, and the flight attendants bring the champagne. And, and he goes to Janice, um, No, you've had about enough. And Janice says, What? He said, I'm cutting you off. She Give me went, that bottle. She said, she said, Get. and then so he walked away and then Janice got up on the seat and she said, tell that galley queen to get his ass back here with that champagne. <laughs> I, I see, oh, I see I nothing wrong with that. I was 10 more hours left to go Thank on this block. <laughs> Listen, well, speaking of some other non, maybe sober moments, which no judgment, no shade, Let's talk about America's Next Top Model. Like for all the Gen Zs out there that don't, you know, that think that this is where Janice Dickinson comes from, maybe now they'll hear that, you know, you have a whole life and career way before this. But talk to me about America's Next Top Model. How is that? It was working on Tyra's show, sitting on that panel, for incredibly long hours for them to get their acts together. Don't forget I was the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth season on that show. And and it was wonderful in, in the aspects where they flew us to marvelous places all over the world. You know, South Africa, Tokyo, uh, Italy, France. We went, we went a lot of places, but Sitting next to Tyra for hours and hours can be daunting because she didn't really like me and we didn't really get along and she never did Vogue. I did Vogue. She did Elle. I used to constantly remind her of that. (laughs) You know, I didn't really treat her like a producer. She kept saying, but I'm the producer of the show. And I was like, oh yeah, right. Whatever. You know, so she, they, had I realized that they, the, the, the pick of the, uh, the, of each show was the was the choice of CoverGirl, which handed out the winner the the win the winners certificates and the winners hundred thousand dollars and the chance to have a CoverGirl contract campaign for a year was chosen by CoverGirl and not the not the judges. So when I found that out, I was like kind of reticent to even speak up anymore because they weren't taking my valuable words of wisdom um, and applying it to who should win or who should lose. Right, you should for show. It's a showtime. Yeah. It's a show show. When did you find that out? Like how long? Like what last season? season? Last season, duh! It took me that long to find out. And then it was just like, wow! I should have just shown up and collected my paycheck. And well, then it, the paycheck stayed the same. You know, each season, any actor in the right, right mind, and I'm with Screen Actors Guild, would get a bump in their salary, like you know, a third, a third, a third, a third. I didn't get any bumps. You know, the only bumps I was doing was in the gay, the gay bars at the, at the nightclubs. <laughs> After work. For sure. 
Well, you know, yeah. I mean, it's well known. Listen, we've had, like, we had, I don't know if you remember any of the models. We had Lisa D'Amato on this show. She's had a lot. We just had her. She's had some things to say about Tyra, Eugenia Washington. You know, so what, and listen, also Jay Manuel, his book, The Wig, The Bitch, The Meltdown. We had him on here. Jay Manuel. There's a, there's a real winner. <laughs> See, Jay Emanuel was right up Tyra's butt crack. <laughs> so, you know, you know, if you want to get in, in with Tyra, you, you, you compliment her 24-7 and, you know, you just know how, have to be able to put up with that type of woman who only likes gay men. She did not like me. She didn't like other women. She only liked gay men, which you can't blame her for, really. But, they made her look great. Yes, it made me look great. So you feel Jay just kissed her ass the whole time. Thanks for tuning in to part one of our sit down with Icon, the first supermodel author, reality TV savant, Janice fucking Dickinson. And Joey Santos and Alan Nevins. Love you all. Stay tuned for part two. We talk more about the Kardashians, America's Next Top Model, the origins of reality TV, where it is today, Housewives, Joey and Alan's great podcast. Listen, it's Janice Dickinson. Like, do we even need to give you a lecture or a list of what we're going to talk about next time? It's Janice Dickinson. That is reason enough to tune in. And we love Joey and we love Alan. Thanks for listening to part one, part two coming soon. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.